Hey guys, I'm Tamara Melton. And I'm Deanna Bellany. We are the co-founders of Diversify Dietetics, a nonprofit community dedicated to increasing the racial and ethnic diversity in the field of nutrition and dietetics. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts. Tamara, thanks so much for joining today on this episode of Feed Me the Facts. So today, y'all, we are talking about money. And for some reason, that seems to be like a four-letter word, a taboo, that we're not supposed to talk about that as dietitians. But I'm here to tell you that today we are, because it's something that we need to talk about more and be comfortable with talking about instead of just saying, oh, dietitians don't get paid as well as other allied health professionals or things like that. So when I thought about this topic, I immediately thought of my IG friend, Christine Diane Thompson, which some of you might know her on Instagram as a money mindset dietitian. And I'm excited to have this conversation with her today about making money as a dietitian. A little bit about Christine. She is a registered dietitian and the owner of Christine Diane International, a business coaching firm based in the Chicago area. And she supports RDs in private practice by helping them to increase their earning potential so that they can have a greater impact in the nutrition and wellness marketplace. Take a listen to this chat that I had with her, and I hope that it helps you to feel more inspired about making money as a dietitian. Hey, Christine, thanks so much for being on the Feed Me the Facts podcast. I am extremely excited to have you on. I'm extremely excited to be here. This is so awesome. It is. So I want to kind of give a little bit of background of how, I don't know how I met you. I'm sure it was through Diversify or something like that. So we've not met in real life, but you put a post up recently in a Facebook group that we're both a part of, I think the unconventional RD. And you mentioned something about money. And that's when I said, what is Christine doing? Let me go and check (laughs) what she's actually doing. And let me, you know, subscribe to her podcast because what she said to me, like really, really struck me about money mindset. And we'll get into that a little bit later on, but I kind of just wanted to, so I wanted to have you on so that we could talk about what it is that you are doing, because I think it's extremely important, not just for RDs of color, for all RDs, but RDs of color, I think really need to understand about money and the, the freedom that it gives you when you have a certain mindset about money. So that's why I wanted to have you on today. But before we jump into what you're doing now, can you tell us a little bit first about where you're from and how do you first get interested in dietetics? Ah, where am I from? I am originally from Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, I'm sure um, everyone knows where that is. And usually when people think of Chicago, they think about how cold the winters are. And I just want to say, yes, yes, that is very true. (laughs) And um, how I got started in dietetics is such a a unique story. I actually um, went away to college to become a OBGYN. So I started out in pre-med and quickly decided that it wasn't for me because I just felt like I was going through certain classes and um, I didn't, they didn't resonate with me. Like I didn't feel like I wanted to work with people who were um, ill, right? I wanted to 
help people stay well before they became ill. And even though an OBGYN is not necessarily one that deals with chronic illnesses and things like that, I still felt like just being in the practice of medicine wasn't for me. So um, after a lot of trial and error and taking different courses and things like that, I fell upon nutrition and dietetics. And I really feel like it was somewhat, it was synchronicity because I don't even remember who the person was on campus, but this person said, hey, you know, they have a nutrition um, major. They have a nutrition department or whatever he or she said at the time. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that might work for me because I've struggled with my body and my weight um, pretty much all my life since about the age of eight. So I was like, oh, this might be good because I can learn some things to help myself. And then at the same time, I can help others. Um, once I really got into it, I loved it so much. I loved it so much that I would actually read my nutrition textbooks while my girlfriends were out doing their thing at the bars and all of this. Oh, wow. Come to my room and yes. like, seriously, Christy, this is a little excessive. And um, one of my girlfriends, who I'm still friends with today, she named me Nutrition Nanny because I would read my nutrition textbooks as if they were leisure books. So that's kind of the the short of my long story into uh, how I got into dietetics. That's great. I love that. That's. It's cool to hear it because a lot of people find out about it later on or maybe a second career, but I'm like you. I knew it was something my freshman year of college and it was, I was into it. So that's, that's nice to hear um, that you're right there and you truly do love it. I did not spend my evenings reading my textbooks. <laughs> I, I mean, like a lot of us dietitians, I was a nerd somewhat, right? I mean, I think we're kind of, we all are, I think, yeah. Nerdy, but in a good way. Like, we are cool, nerdy people. And I was that person to this day. I love learning. Yes. I will sit at home and listen to audiobooks or watch <clears throat> YouTube videos on certain topics. I mean, I'm constantly absorbing material. And even before college, um, my mother used to tease me because she couldn't keep me home from school for anything until I got the chicken pox when I was 11. <laughs> You're like, I'm there. So what was your, what did you first start out with your, I want to kind of progress to how you got to your business right now, your coaching business, but what were your early um, career like as a dietitian? What did you start out at and how'd you kind of progress along to where you are now? Yeah. So my first job as a nutritionist um, was in WIC and I um, worked as a WIC nutritionist. That was my very first job way back in 1993. So um, yeah, y'all, I'm, I'm a little older than most of you all, <laughs> but um, that was my first job. And then I, because I had such, such an entrepreneurial spirit that I really kind of didn't know at first, I thought, honestly, I thought something was wrong with me in the beginning because I kept job hopping. I'm like, I can't stay in a job to save my life. And, you know, I, I got married um, in 95, I think. Yeah, 95. 
And my husband was like, what is your problem? He's, he was the kind of, we're no longer married. I'm remarried um, right now. But my first husband was like, what is the problem? Like, you can't keep a job. I don't know what is wrong with you because he's the kind of person who will stay on a job. He worked 10, 12, 14 hours a day, this and that and the other. But I held multiple jobs in so many different areas from um, community to clinical to renal to research. Um, I worked for a management company. I don't want to say any names, but you know, um, I, I enjoyed all of them until I didn't. If that makes any sense to anyone out there who has the entrepreneurial spirit, it's like you enjoy it until it just does not feel good. And for me, let me tell you, it really, I would tell you by 90 days, I was like, okay, wow. this is not going to work for me. So like by the time a whole year would come around, I would not like it. So then um, I said, well, let me see about owning my own business. So I've had several iterations of owning my own business along the way that has led me up to this point. So my first iteration was the alternative way and I spelled way W E I G H. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone out there who feels clueless, you know, getting started, it's very natural. Um, I just knew that I wanted to teach nutrition in a more holistic way. So the alternative way was kind of my, my catchy name on that. And then it progressed into the compassionate nutritionist. But I must say that even up until um, most recently, I, I really struggled with knowing what I was supposed to be doing in my business. I felt like all of this time before now, I was doing what I thought I should do, so to speak. You know, as a dietitian, I should be teaching nutrition. I should be doing workshops. I should, you know, I had all of the shoulds. And a lot of them did not resonate. And it wasn't until recently with this new iteration of my business that I really know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have found my, what I call my legacy work. And I do believe that everything that I've done up until now has led me to this point. None of it, even though it felt uncomfortable along the way, none of it um, was in vain. Now, you know, hindsight being 2020, as they say. So yeah. that's, that's how I got to this point. And really, actually, with uh, Money Mindset Dietitian, what really um, has me here today is because I've been in the industry for about 27 years now, I've noticed that there has been a, a very common theme of conversation within the dietetics community about not making enough money. And I got tired of hearing the conversation. I was just like, why are we still talking about this? I've been in this industry for a quarter of a century <laughs> and it's like same conversation, just different faces, honest to God. Yep. So um, because I'm an extrovert, mm -hmm. and my Myers-Briggs tag is ENFP. So shout out to all my ENFPs out there. 
I, I'm like, hey, I got to do something about this. You know, I've been around the block long enough to where I can create a change. I'm always the person who, and always have been a person who wants to like, just create the change. Like, stop complaining. Let's do this. I, I would rather be the person who leads the pack than to follow someone who sometimes I may feel like doesn't know where they're going. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so that's what got me here. It was not easy because I was nervous. I'm like, oh my God, are they, are they going to listen to what I have to say? I mean, I have all the same feelings, but I knew just in my gut, my spirit that it, this was it. So, so much of what, I wonder if we're a sister from a different minister. I'm telling you, so one of the things that you're saying to me, going back to what you said about being in different jobs, I'm very similar. My husband, who's still my husband, I am yeah. still, <laughs> so he, um, you know, he was that way too. When I first started, he's an entrepreneur too. So I think he understood it, but he was like, you're changing jobs. I'm like, to me, it was like, well, I figured out how to do it. So why am I staying here? Like, I, I got it and I kept on moving on, but it definitely resonates to me about what you're saying about wanting to create something, hence diversify, right? So if there's something that's not out there, but you are correct. That conversation about money has been talked about and talked about in our profession and doesn't seem to be going much of anywhere. However, there are people who are making money in this profession. Yeah. So before we get into that, can you kind of describe, you know, that day? Because I feel like there's, I know I can pinpoint a day when Diversify was like in my mind, boom. I was like, this is, this is what I need to do. This is what we, we have to do. Was there a day like that for you where you said, I remember you being compassionate dietitian now that you're saying it. Cause I really, remember, yeah. Cause I remember when you said that, I'm like, oh, that's how I first met her on. Okay. Yeah. It was that way. It wasn't with your money mindset. You switched it over to that. So what was, what was the, the time where you said, this is it this is what I want to do. And this is the business that I need to create the space I need to fill. Oh, when was this? This was actually the first time was actually probably sometime last year, but when I actually took action on it was in March of this year, I think. I was really scared last year. I was like feeling all the feels. I said, you know, first of all, because I can be a little headstrong, I was like, look, I don't know if I can deal with these dietitians. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. I, you know, because we are a particular, particular type. Okay. And <clears throat> we are type I love y'all out there. Okay. Don't get me wrong, but if you've listened to my podcast, you already know how I am. So don't email me, but <laughs> you know that we, we have, um, everything has to be analyzed. Everything has to be particular. Everything has to be this. And at the same time, there's a lot of excuses out there a lot of excuses and I'm like, okay, one thing that I have done over the course of my career, I have dived heavily into, it's dived, that is not a word, but anyhow, you, is it? I don't know. But <laughs> we should dove? I have dove, thank you. 
I have dove heavily. See how particular, particular I am? I have dove heavily into personal growth and development um, and mindset work over the years. I had to dive heavily into that because of my own personal life and things that I was going through, like I mentioned earlier about, you know, having a first husband and no longer married to that person. That was a extremely stressful part of my, my life cycle, like extremely. And so if I didn't have that personal growth and development part going on in my life, I don't know what would have happened. So along the way, I have done that personal growth and development. I have done the mindset work. Like I said, you know, none of the things that I've done over time has been in vain. I see clearly now why I've gone through so many things, including money stuff. Holy macro, big time money stuff. So <clears throat> when it when I first got the idea about it last year, because I had done so much mindset work, I said, oh my goodness, God, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can deal with all the excuses. I don't know if I can handle the complaining. I don't know if I can handle a lot of the, um, the, the stuff that I see, but I just know, I heard it out loud, spirit, God, whomever, they said to me, this is your work. This is your work. And I was like, oh man. So I held on to it for a minute mm -hmm. because if God could come down in, in a human form again, he would tell you that Christine is slow to move sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> She'll get there, but she's slow to move. So it took me about five or six months before I actually took action in March and was just like the first action step I took was just changing my, my Instagram handle. Yeah. I just took it one step at a time. And I want to encourage the listeners to, to know that you don't have to have all your ducks in a row to move forward. As can a matter of fact, can we, can we stop and repeat that for the dietitians who are <laughs> listening to this podcast? Please say it again. Oh my God. Yes. Let's, let's say it again for the people in the back and the front and all around us. Yes. You do not have to have all of your ducks in a row to move forward. As a matter of fact, you should not. Let me tell you why. Because some of those ducks may not even want to go in that direction that you're going. You know, if you, if you can just envision ducks being in a row, some of them might move out of place. Some of them might be like, oh no, this is not the direction that I thought we were going. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out of here. This is not it. This is not the journey I want to go on. So just take the first step. Just take the first step. The first step to becoming the money mindset dietitian was um, changing my Instagram handle and then posting and then learning how to post consistently and then having an urge to do a podcast that I had held out on for a while. And then taking the first step of learning, you know, what it takes to bring a podcast into fruition. Like I didn't have everything written out. I still don't have it all written out, 
that's why I believe that this whole mindset stuff should come first and foremost before any marketing plan, before any funnels, before any niche, before any website even. Your mind needs to be right because if your mind isn't right, you will go in the wrong direction. I promise. That's, that is all good stuff. So I, so I, now it makes sense to me in the spring. I do remember your, your handle changing and that was exciting to me. Um, and, and because it is feeding me the facts, it was exciting to see a black woman doing this in diet. I was like, thank you sister for being the one <laughs> able to grab this and run with it because that was just a beautiful thing um, to see. So now can you tell us more about your business and why is it needed? Like you've kind of gone into that, I guess more about our state as dietitians right now. Why are we where we are right now that we, we kind of will go and say, oh, we don't, you know, the nurses get paid this and the PTs get paid this and the doctors get paid this and nobody, you know, nobody respects me in the hospital. And I don't want to say blah, 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 because I don't want to say that that's not important and not a valid conversation. But why are we as a profession where we are today when it comes to the, how much we make and our salaries that we pull in if we're working for someone or how much we make if we're an entrepreneur, be it side hustle or full time? Yeah. So I just think that we are where we are today just because we're used to um, working in traditional settings. Like we're used to um, our profession being placed in hospital organizations, nursing home organizations, and things like that. And when you're in those, within those organizations, I don't have anything against it. Of course, it, there, there needs to be RDs in place. But when you're in those organizations, you are a little more subject to the funding that these organizations acquire, which is Medicare, Medicaid, you know, government funded. And so your leverage is a little less flexible then if you were to own your own business, be a consultant, dietitian, a contractor of some sort. Um, also, I also believe that we are where we are today because our profession just has not ca caught up with the new millennium. Our profession, our training even in the dietetics field um, hasn't caught up with the new millennium. There's no training in business and entrepreneurship, but they all, but they offer us um, the ability to get, you know, continuing education credits in that area. So, you know, you can go ahead and get it on your own after you finish the dietetic internship and pass the exam, but within the actual curriculum, there is nothing that supports us being um, in business for ourselves or learning how to be in business for ourselves. And so when a lot of the new dietitians graduate, even though they may have a desire to do so, they don't know where to start. And so they kind of just start out with the clinical because I don't know why they're still telling the people this, that they, they need two, one to two years of clinical experience. I'm like, Lord have mercy. We're still talking this. Okay. Christine, Christine, not to interrupt, but let me just tell you. I 
can't believe it. I, I did eight weeks at a clinical rotation, my first clinical, my internship. And I said to my program director, I will never do clinical again, ever. This is it. I didn't like it. These folks ain't trying to look at me because they're trying to get out of here. I yeah. where they're coming from. Right. And when I heard people say, oh, well, you know, I mean, we had preceptors coming in and speaking to us and saying that. And my program director, I love her. If you guys are in Atlanta area, Barb Hopkins, we call her the godmother of dietetics here. She's awesome, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But she's phenomenal because she said, you're right. You don't need to do that. You didn't do well here. <laughs> she just said to me, like, even though the, the preceptors who, you know, who would come in and do skills for us, and I think people need to remember that because that goes back to something that you said earlier about your own personality that you tried it out and you're like, oh, this isn't quite fit for me. There is so much more than outside of the clinical world. Most of the population of the world is not in the hospital. Right. You continue to train yourself there within those walls of the hospital. That's what you continue to specialize in. If that's what you want to do, that makes sense that you be there. But if it's not, why are you going to spend a year or two being miserable inside those walls when you can spend a year or two somewhere else? Absolutely. And spend a year or two really building something that you feel is within the realm of what you want to do. Like, I can understand if you, you're in college and you kind of, you know, you're like me and you kind of switch around like 500 different times before you find your thing. But once you find your thing and you graduate and you've done the internship and you've taken the exam, you kind of get a feel for where you want to be. And so if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you do not want to be in a hospital, you don't want to be in a nursing home, you're not interested in renal, find your way into entrepreneurship. I have a vision that hopefully when I'm all the way gone from this planet and onto the next dimension, <laughs> that dietitians will be a profession that is solely contracted out, whether it is a hospital, they're, they're already doing it in nursing homes. Um, even renal, because a lot of the renal dietitians, not, not all of them work full-time anyway. A lot of renal dietitians are maybe 32 hours or less, um, depending on the size of the unit. But I mean, I believe that our services need to be um, contracted out, specialized in certain areas, and paid very well. And the one way that we can get paid very well for our level of expertise is to be able to set our own rates. And to be able to set your own rate means you have to be in business for yourself to do that. So to be a contracted um, individual is probably going to be the way to go. But I don't know if that's going to happen um, because it's not something that's being taught in the curriculum as a possibility. Right. That's very extremely interesting what you just said. You're right. The way to set your own rate is when you work for yourself and then you determine what your rate is that you're going to be hired at. So that's, oh, we're going to get some, some at diversified dietetics at this one and some at money. Y'all are going to add her and that's okay because that's what we wanted to do. I think I love little points like that because you're putting something in someone's mind that they, especially young RDs and RDs to be, that they may not have thought about before that the ability that you have to be able to 
get the salary that you want is to do something that you're setting your own rate. And that is a huge, profound point that you're making there. One thing that we've heard, and you have this in your website, and I love it, Christine, that people say, well, the Academy, and for those of you who don't know, we're not talking about the Academy of Motion Pictures. We're talking about the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, who we just call the Academy. So they'll say, the Academy should be doing more for us so that we can get paid more. So why do you think that, that that's flawed thinking? What, just so people know, what, y'all can't see her right now, but I can. <laughs> she just rolled her eyes and I love it. So what, <laughs> oh God. Why, why do you think that people need to, RDs need to understand what role the Academy pay, plays? What does the Academy play for us in setting our salaries? Um, I, you know what, quite honestly, I've never thought of what role they play because in my mind, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. This is a huge problem when we say, well, the Academy should be um, advocating for our salaries. Okay, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Maybe it isn't. Maybe you should be 100% responsible for your own life and your own income and your own career and your own salary. What if that was what was supposed to be happening? Because when we say the academy should be advocating for us, that is just a belief. That is not a fact. There is nowhere on the Academy's website in any of their writings or anything that says, we are here to advocate for your salaries. Mm -hmm. There is nowhere within their bylines or whatever that says that that is what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Now, if we think that's what they're supposed to do, again, that is just a thought. It is not a fact. And it is just a belief because you keep thinking that thought over and over again. But that is not true 100%. So I just want everyone to know that if you've thought this before, and I know there's some of you out there who have thought it because I have witnessed it over and over again in the Facebook groups different chat groups. Heck, before we even had Facebook, we had the Yahoo groups and all the things. <laughs> but I've witnessed it for so long and I'm just like, okay, so Academy has been around for a hundred and maybe two years, three, whatever. And how long, how much longer are you going to sit back and wait for the Academy to advocate for your salary? How long are you going to live a life that is less than desirable financially, because you are waiting for an outside source to do something for you instead of you taking action on your own. How long are you going to wait? Because the academy could be around for another 100 years and the salaries could still not change very much. And then what? You will have lived a life that was less than desirable and Whose fault is that? Would you still blame the Academy? I don't know if we could do that. Like in, in all 
truthfulness and full integrity, self-integrity. Like I believe, and I believe that this is a belief that is more empowering. So I believe that it's my responsibility to take care and do for myself in the way that I see fit what, what I want for my life. And I don't expect anyone to do anything for me, to give me any handouts. However, if they come my way, I accept them graciously. I think that is really important, especially for the audience of our podcast and for the, the, the audience that we serve. So we serve um, obviously underrepresented minority students and professionals for our nonprofit. And I think there's a balance between I am not getting any help and nobody's helping me and truly people impeding your progress. I'm not saying we completely understand that there's unconscious bias out there, yes. that there's blatant racism out there yes. and things like that. But I have had, and this is as an educator, and if any of my former students are listening, they know they came up in Mrs. Melton's office and they were like, oh, well, I don't know. About Let me tell you, there's so much that you can do for you and that you can take control of and that you can decide to do and really still, still honestly, at the end of the day, no one owes us anything. They really don't. No owes us anything. Excellent point that you make. The Academy does a lot of great things. Um, they provide a lot of services, even for non-members, but they have never at one point said, I'm going to sit in that office with that recruiter and negotiate that salary for you. Right. They've never said that. And so I think, I just wanted you to get that point across. So thank you for that. But that is what something that we own and all of us have to, to, to own that and, and to know that that's something that we have far more control over. Yeah. It was probably one of the excuses that you were mentioning. Yeah. Because it is um, that. One other thing that you mentioned too is that you said that it's important to think as a business owner first and an RD second. So, oh my God, yes. So why, why is that? Why do you think that? I believe that is true because we already know our RD skills backwards, forwards, up and down and all around. Like no one can tell us anything about nutrition and dietetics, nothing. <laughs> so you have that down. But what you don't have down where you're, most of us have a learning curve that you know we can work on is business ownership entrepreneurship and that's where you have to begin to think as as a business owner first because that is your that's your learning curve so if you want to be a business owner if you want to make money you have to think like a business owner because if you're only thinking like a dietitian and you have a belief around not being able to really make that much money as a dietitian, then you're going to be all over the place. You're not going to really like those thoughts of, oh, well, I can't really charge that much because I live in Des Moines, Iowa, or, you know, I can't charge that much because there's another dietitian down the street who only charges $50 an hour or whatever your belief is. If you're thinking like that, instead of thinking like, okay, 
I'm in business for myself. I have my LLC. I have these expenses that um, are supporting my business. And I have to get out there and get clients and serve people in order to build this business to make a profit. Like, if you're not thinking like that, then how can you succeed? If you're only thinking, I'm a dietitian and I don't know what my rates are going to be because of XYZ external factors and blah, blah, blah. So I always say you have to lead with business ownership. You have to come into conversations as if you're the CEO of your business. You have to be able to create a balance between building rapport and having boundaries. And that's a tricky one for a lot of us because we're in the helping profession. We want to help. However, we all know that this particular profession can be a little tricky because everybody thinks they're the nutritionist. Everybody thinks that, you know, they can get the information off of Google. And we already feel like, you know, we have to kind of like prove ourselves, so to speak, when we come into these conversations. <laughs> but the balance of being a business owner first and being a dietitian second is so super important. If you want to build a true sustainable business that will last you over a lifetime or however long you want it to last and one that is going to provide you with a profit margin that can support you and your family. Now, I also want to say, listen up. Some of these terms like profit margins. Um, how about P&L reports? How about expenses? How about bookkeeping? How about LLC? How about S-Corp? All of these things that we try to avoid because we don't want to spend money on setting ourselves up as a business. But you don't have to like do it all at once. It goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of just taking one step at a time. So that's my long answer to your short question. I can go on and on with this stuff. She can go on and on, people. But you know what? <laughs> the reason why I wanted to have you on is obviously to be able to um, support your coaching business that you have. I think a lot of the, the concepts that you are talking about, especially if there's a student or an intern who's hearing this, whose mind is about to explode because they're also studying for a biochem test, <laughs> who's thinking, <laughs> I, this is just all new things to me. It is a lot, but you close with what you started with. You don't have to do it all at once. Christine has a whole coaching business. This is her area of expertise. It is money mindset dietitian. And we'll have all the links to it in the show notes. Um, but I think that all the things that you're saying are so important. They are so, but they can be overwhelming and it does take some time and, and it helps to have someone like you to walk someone through this from the perspective of being a dietitian, you understand our unique um, challenges that we have, but also our very unique and very vast opportunities that we yes. have. I always tell people every single person on this planet eats through their mouth, 
through a tube, through their vein. Every single person's a potential customer. Who else has that? Right. What other industry has that? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have that. So Christine, thank you so much for being on today. I am extremely excited that we were able to chat more about a topic that I get excited about. Mm. Um, and there shouldn't be any shame in being excited about talking about money and finding a way to take care of yourself. Um, hello? <laughs> That's a whole other podcast episode. It is. It is a whole other podcast episode. Um, and Christine has her own podcast. And like I said, we'll have all this in the show notes, but you guys definitely um, should take a look and follow her and you know subscribe to her podcast. But Christine, thank you so much. This has been great. I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, God bless all of you out there in Diversified Dietetics. And I just want to end by saying this one thing. It is my um, dream, and I have not told you this. Okay. <laughs> but it, it is my dream to be able to eventually support this organization financially with scholarships. Oh, um, especially with seeing um, several young women feeling challenged financially to even be, to be able to afford their internship. Mm -hmm. So I just want everyone out there to know that this isn't just about me. Actually, this isn't about me at all. I do this work because I am passionate about this profession and moving it forward. And part of the vision for my business entity, which is Christine Diane International, is number one, to become international, and number two, to give back. And I do want to give back in the way of providing scholarships for those who cannot afford their internships. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal. Let's see if we can make it happen. Well, I have chills. I do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christine. It, it, this has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us today for this chat about making more money as a dietitian. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you thought of today's chat with Christine. And of course, you can find us at Everything Diversified Dietetics. Our website is diversifieddietetics.org. And you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook at Diversified Dietetics. Again, I am Tamara Melton, the co-founder and executive director of Diversified Dietetics. Thanks so much for joining today. Bye.